A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is going on, everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast, and we are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mean. Sean, how's it going? I'm good. I'm here to provide the chit. You will provide the chat. Indeed. Indeed. What is the chit in the chit-chat, though? Because chat just, I assume, is chat. Chit. Oh, yeah. Not, it's a bit more suspicious. It's a bit more suspicious. It's like I'm saying a lot, but there's no substance to any of it. <laughs> That's a lot of this show, isn't it? It's my fifty percent anyway. Sorry, my twenty percent. The other eighty is thank, you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bit of respect. So yeah, this is Movie Mondays, and there is a a lot of movie news this week. What I will say first off is we are recording this earlier than we normally would. Normally we would record it on the Monday. We are recording this before the Monday. So if any news comes out between now and Monday. We are obviously behind the times, just in general, yeah, but also but, behind the times in news form. Yeah, to literally put a timestamp on this, it's February twenty fourth at the minute. <laughs> we don't want to, we don't want to go too far. But yes, we're really trying to guess what's going on. Now, personally, I think twenty twenty is looking positive. Guys. It's really looking positive. I'm, I'm really thinking it's going to be a big year for cinema. Oh, we have Black Widow around the corner. Yeah. We have the Eternals coming out in December. Oh, oh my excitement. I can't sleep, Sean, thinking about Black Widow. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's right around the corner. Out. It's right around the corner, Connor. 
So, um, we are starting. Imagine we should do that when we do a show like six months in advance and just guess what the fuck the news is. Oh, oh let me do that. Uh, no time to die has been delayed. Oh, th- th- why are you doing what in the news we have today? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Um, we're starting off this week with Superman news, Sean. Now, over the last few weeks, this like two weeks ago, news came out, or rumours came out, Henry Cavill might be signing back on to play Superman in three to six more films. Now, this was just rumour at the time, so I didn't really want to cover it because I think, I think they only had one source from this. They were okay. like, oh, he signed on, but it was not... It was not reputable sources coming in from all directions, so I was a bit iffy. But this week we are starting with Henry Cavill has declined to comment on the DCEU Superman movie rumours. And this is him promoting um, the legendary uh, Enola Holmes, Sean. What Enola a detective. Holmes. Everyone's favourite Holmes. He's on that press junket at the minute, and somebody took the time, took the moment to be like, but Henry... What about what about they said? What Henry? What about you, beautiful handsome man? What about the big man in the blue suit? And he very interestingly dodged the question and said he would not like to talk about that. He was there to talk about Enola Holmes, which to me has further strengthened this idea that maybe there is there might be some merit to the rumours that Henry Cavill is returning as Superman. Sean, what are your thoughts? This is possible that he's returning as Superman. I, for one, think he's a very good Superman. But I also think he could genuinely just want to talk about, you know, the film that he made and is in and is on a tour to talk about. He might just want to talk about that. I understand that, but over the last year he has been very vocal about Superman. And everything, like if someone asked him on a press junket for other projects, he has happily answered the question. So what has changed between now and then? That's true. Maybe talks are still ongoing. That, mm. Like he doesn't want to say, oh, I'm in for six movies when he's actually just coming back for one or something like that. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility, especially given just the state of the DC E, it was a DCEU? DCEU, yeah. Yeah. So, also, actually, fun fact. Did you know that that's not the name that DC use internally? What do they use internally? No one knows, but it's not DCEU. <laughs> They've gone on record as saying, we don't know where that name came from. And what it is, some dude, I think it was for Variety or something, wrote an article about, oh, the future of DC's film slate. And he was being sarcastic in it. And he said, and they'll probably call it something like the DC Extended Universe TM. And then everyone now cites that as the source for where the DCEU comes from. So we have been falsely reporting that for years. But, like, everyone calls it that. It might as well be called that at this point. Yeah. No, because, I mean, it's a silly name. You just say DCU is much better. The DCU sounds class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think MCU, they were never going to go three letters. They have to get that one extra letter. That's how you know that, it's better. <laughs> extra letter, much more better. There we go. <laughs> That's what they say at the meetings. They chant that around the table. Um, do you so, think, sorry, if Henry Cavill was coming back as Superman, do you, think, do you not think there'd be another source somewhere? 
See, that's there big were, news. The, but I think at the minute it's n- nothing is confirmed. He has come back today because the news is that he he went back to the studio to and he signed a three picture deal to play Superman based off a narrative arc he himself pitched to Deb. So right. he had to go. This is such a fucked up system that the DCEU have created an idea where the actors have to write the movies themselves so that they are half decent. Because I do believe Ben Affleck came out recently with a similar statement saying, I would be <laughs> yeah. Batman if I had full creative control. And Ezra Miller had to, had to write an own, his own script. That that is wild, actually. Now that you think of it, like, what what other studio is this happening in? Where these people are in bad movies, and it, but they love the character so much, they're like, "I'll pitch them a story." That's the thing; like, they love the character to accept the casting of you know being that character. But then also, they do shit tons of research into the history of that character, everything mm. that character is about, and then the scriptwriter turns up and hands Ben Affleck an AK forty seven. And he's like, that's seed one. You're getting a bazooka in the next one. Just have that in the back pocket. <laughs> the Uzi is coming next. <laughs> that's for in the seeds when you're Bruce Wayne. You'll just carry around an Uzi. Don't worry about it, Bruce. <laughs> it's common in Gotham, you know. <laughs> um, no, but I, well, I would say in the MCU, I'm I'm sure Robert Downey Jr. was very very involved in where his character was going, but I think he probably worked with the Rooster Brothers rather than having to go to the Rooster Brothers and pitch his own story. I'd say the Rooster Brothers and him sat down and were like, we could do this, this, what do you think? What do you think? Whereas the idea I'm getting for a lot of the DC characters is Henry Cavill, who loves playing Superman, and let's admit, although he's very sad as Superman, he is hes a perfect-looking Superman. You just look at him and you're like, oh, there's Superman. Yeah. So, and I think he comes across as he loves the character. He just needs the proper, he just needs the proper love and attention at the studio to be like, let's do a movie that's good, and he's not snapping necks, and he's not sad, and his dad isn't in a tornado, and he can't save him for some reason. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> it is. It's pretty ridiculous. Now, I would like the day might come, like if this deal falls through. Imagine he ended up as like being cast in a Marvel movie or something. And that I think they're leaving a lot of money on the table if that happens. Oh yeah, but they have infinite money at this point. Yeah, they don't they don't care. Um, but yeah, so there's the rumor is that he went back to pitch uh, a narrative arc to the DC studios themselves, and the interviewer asked him in this um, in this press junket. And this very thing was like, did this happen? And instead of saying a flat-out no, um, he asked the interview to return the discussion to Enola, Enola Hobbs. That's all he said. And despite this, the reporter then pushed him back, saying, that's not exactly a denial, to which Cavill replied by saying, I said what I said. Which, normally, oh. normally Henry Cavill's a very charming man in interviews, which is only why this stands out more. That's very true. Oh, I don't mean to get into, like, wild rumours and speculation, but he's definitely coming back as Superman. <laughs> this is what I was trying to tell you! Yes! Okay. Look, I, I would fully love to see him come back, and if that's in the thing that he's signed off on as being like, no, this is a role I'm willing to portray this character in, even better, you know? Mm. 
but it could be I a situation don't. that he also maybe he's in talks with coming back and he feels like if he comes out one way or the other like it's better to be just in the grey area because then you, the fans are still interested in you coming back That's they still the have this that way, desire this way he holds all the cards as well so DC can't just say oh look you revealed uh, your involvement without consulting us mm. and so now, now you have to do this for us. The, I think the more control he has in this situation, probably the better. Now, he is coming back for the, the Justice League cut next year, um, which I have news on the Justice League cut, Sean. Would you like to hear my, my lovely fact? Oh, I would, please. So, <laughs> the Justice League is almost the most expensive film ever made. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, How close are we? We discussed last week about the fact that, jeez, that's a lot of money, like, that's a, that's an awful lot of money to put into this film. Well, um, altogether, they, they were trying to put it together, and I, I, I was like, I went, the, I went onto the Google machine, and I went, how much does Justice League make? How much did all these other movies make? These big blockbusters. And so, by 2021, it is rumoured that Warner Brothers will have spent at least $383 million producing Justice League. So, nearly $400 million. Um, And that is if the budget for the reshoots does not go any higher, which I can only assume it will. Um, This also doesn't take into account the cost of marketing. Which is usually double. Correct? Yes. So you'd be on about $800 million, which I think is more than the original Justice League made. I think you're right. It definitely didn't cross a billion. No, it didn't. It was it was a very disappointing uh, return. So this one needs to make over a billion dollars to break even, pretty much. Well, to put that into some context, so this, cost three, this will cost $383 million to put out. Um, Joker, the movie, cost $55 million. Birds of Prey and Shazam cost $84 million and $100 million. So, all of them together is still less <laughs> than what this movie will cost. Oh man, this has, this has to be the best version, doesn't it? It has to be. <laughs> I read that, I was like, I need to tell Sean. <laughs> this There's is no do-overs here. <laughs> Apparently, the... At the minute, adjusting for inflation, the most expensive movie ever would be uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides from 2014. Oh, a flawless film at the best of times. <laughs> so that cost $376 million at the time to make. How much of that is in, Johnny Depp's salary, though? I would say at least $374 million. <laughs> um, so adjusted for inflation, that's about $413 million to make. Is, is On Stranger Ties the fourth one? I can't remember. So it goes, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, then Dead mm. Man's Chest, then At World's End, then then On Stranger Tides, and then Salazar's Revenge. Mm. Look, you know them all off the top of your head, which I think is sadder. <laughs> so, um, this will be more money than just Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, Age of Ultron, like... Basically, the all Hulk. of the Incredible Hulk, everyone's favorite Marvel movie. Um, Ang Lee's The Hulk, the best movie ever made. <laughs> um, so it, that's a lot of money. So I just read that. I thought that's very funny to cover this. But the real story is Henry Cavill could be returning to that world. And do you think, first of all, the Justice League itself is going to have to make at least a billion dollars to break even? But Henry Cavill signing 
back on, would this create a lot more momentum for the DCEU, or is his character kind of just scarred by everything that's gone on? He might be a bit scarred. I think they've... Like, the fans that like him will will love it, you know? But I think mainstream audience are just be like, oh, the guy who was Superman for the last eight years is still Superman? That's yeah. pretty cool. But he's so sad, Sean. What if we didn't oh. do a movie where he was sad? He was, like... He seems way sadder in Batman versus Superman. Uh, like, for the whole movie. Like, at least yeah. in Man of Steel, there were some bits of him just being a man. Yeah, I think Man of Steel is pretty decent, just for, for what it's worth. I, d- I don't think it's a bad film. I think Batman vs Superman is when he goes full sad. Yeah, and he's just like, if you smiled, people might like you and stop protesting. And Superman's whole thing is he's always smiling. <laughs> he's thing. always like this bastion of light. Also, did I just tell Superman to smile more? Yeah, you just you just told Superman to smile am I, more. Am I that biker from Captain Marvel? <laughs> you are that, yes. I didn't want to say it, but it's been underlying the surface for all this time. Oh no, I'm yeah. the villain. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, I just think, do a movie where Superman's slightly happy and you might make more money. I think people might like that. Do all-star Superman. It's the best yeah. Superman. He's just so good. He's just a good person. He's just a nice um, man. So we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is, you've already touched on it, Sean. James Bond. No time to die. We've gotten the best news ever. Oh. Not only is it not cancelled, Sean. Not only in the current climate. I thought we were done. It's been pushed back twice. It can't possibly push back again. Well, we were mistaken. Because No Time to Die has now been moved until April 2nd, 2021. Is this a year to the day after it should have come out? Yes. Fuck's sake. (laughs) Daniel Craig is never going to, like, be able to leave. They're just going to keep him on. We've done this exact news report twice. And both times our first reaction is, poor Daniel Craig just wants to leave. He just wants to play Knives Out again. He loves that character. He hates this character. So, wait, like, is it possible then that we'll get the new Bond announced before this Bond movie comes out? See, I don't think so, because the idea would have been that they were building up the Tom Hardy hype or whoever it was going to be, and they were waiting until this movie was released, and then they were going to, like, confirm that casting. But if it's delayed until next April, they're probably going to have to wait until next April to confirm the casting. Interesting. I wonder... I wonder what the filming schedule for Venom 2 is like. (laughs) Think about it. You know... Yeah, no, that's right. But also, Henry Cavill, if he signed back on, he can't play James Bond anymore. Oh, that's true, and I would love him to play James Bond. Yeah. What about... Oh, let me just throw out any random actor's name. Michael B. Jordan? Could Michael B. Why, Jordan look, do it? Random. Let's just randomly choose the same actor we always choose for every role. Oh, I'm just going to put, put put my hand into this hat here. And I've pulled out, I've pulled out three names. And they're first one, Michael. Second one, B. Third one, Jordan. There's only three pieces of paper in that. Every so often we, get ca- we cast Jordan B. Michael for a role. <laughs> It's murder trying to find that postal address. <laughs> Who the fuck is Jordan? Be Michael. Let's go get him. <laughs> Just hold the envelope up to a mirror. Oh. 
Um, so yes, this movie was originally scheduled for April of this year. We got a trailer, we got several trailers, and it looked real cool, and we were all very excited, weren't we, Sean? You said we to me most, this was your most anticipated movie of the year. Yeah, this this is better than Endgame, I said mm. out loud. Do you want to know when this movie was originally slated to come out? <sighs> no, but you're going to tell me anyway. <laughs> November 2019. Fuck me. Okay. <laughs> so, that's... That's okay. Look, first of all, that's a longer time than we thought it would be. Mm. That yeah. happens with movies. Yeah. But, but uh, like, the, James Bond has been following us in particular around since we were on the radio together. I've, I I first... feel like he just he constantly just wants us to be sad. I think so too, because one of the first stories we ever talked about was Danny Boyle signing on to do a James Bond movie. Yes. And we and were very like, excited. I thought this sounds like the James Bond that will get me interested in James Bond. Mm. But then Danny yeah. Boyle left. And then then Danny Boyle left and they moved the November twenty nineteen release date to April twenty twenty. Long enough time to get it right. But then of course Global Bastard gets moved to November of this year, and now since then it's been moved to April next year. And it has to come out then, surely. This is the new new mutants. Yes, it is. <laughs> I thought New Mutants finally got released, and I thought it might be the year that No Time to Die also gets released, and we can release Daniel Craig from these shackles. But yeah, no, like the the curse this, is broken. <laughs> this man is still at home, hating every minute of this. Just rolling in money. <laughs> he just he's got a hundred and fifty million dollars, but he's not happier. He's definitely not happier. No, he just, oh, he just wants to be in a weird Agatha Christie-style detective story. Like, Ryan Johnson's writing Knives Out too. He's looking forward to that. He just has to get through this. Do you think he has to call up Ryan and be like, yeah, Ryan, I can't, I can't pretend to be a detective today. I have to do a press tour for a movie I filmed years ago. Yeah, I filmed this movie in actual 2018. Um, and I actually look incredibly different since that day. But it's now 2025. And we're going to really release it. I'm really excited. And look, we're on the moon. So there's that. Yeah. You know yourself, right? I probably don't need to expose this to you. You're in the world. It's weird that I'm telling you exactly what's happening. But there we are. I like to update people on the, on the current goings on, you know? I love that in movies when they're just like, the start of the movie. And it's clearly two people that should never have to discuss this. But they're like, hello, Tom, father of my sister's children. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, and there's there's ways to do that, certainly, but not just been like, ever since that war happened, it's just hard for everyone involved to drink water. Do you remember that time we had that war last year? You probably don't. It wouldn't have been big in your life, but we had a war that was across the world. You were in it. Do you not remember? That's weird. <laughs> ever since his dad disappeared mysteriously, he's just been quiet. Show, don't tell. <laughs> Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is something I think you might like, Sean. Now, last year, a certain movie came out that was called The Lion King. It was a small indie production. Um, right. And it was it came out to a lot of fanfare. A lot of people said, oh, this is the same movie. Others said, I still like it. You said, I've never seen The Lion King. Yes. But interestingly, what you also followed that up with was, 
I've seen The Lion King 2. And so, Sean, my news today... Oh, no. My news today is that The Lion King 2 will be getting made with Barry Jenkins directing the film. What has Barry Jenkins done in the past? Barry Jenkins is the director of Moonlight. Oh! (laughs) Oh, no. He's a really, really good director. And he's directing Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Simba's Pride. It's not down as Simba's Pride, it's just down as the Lion King 2. But if we're basing this off previous actions, they will just copy and paste. Look, I am totally fine with that. I will support this movie till the day I die. (laughs) This this is so funny, because the first news of the original movie, you were like, eh, give or take it. But now I've come to you with Lion King 2, you're like, I'm all in. You know what, I'm all in. Oh, because now I'm going to, like, fulfil... I'm going to keep it going that I'll never see Lion King, but I will see every goddamn version of Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, that comes out. Yeah, stage, film, everything. Oh, novelisation. <laughs> novelisation. Um yeah. I'll watch GIFs. I'll watch 10 GIFs of this. Um, all day, man. So, uh, yeah, Barry Jenkins is an incredible actor, and he has been... Uh, actor, I should say, director. And he has been signed on to direct The Lion King 2. Now, the first one was done by John Favreau. Maybe they decided to go in a different direction. But getting Jenkins in, I think that's a very strong first step to a film that I don't think a lot of people are excited for. Because even The, the Lion King made $1.6 billion, but weirdly, I don't think had any impact, you know, on the culture of anything. Because I think everyone was just like, ah, yeah, but the animated one is still better. Yeah, like, I think we raised this when this movie was coming out, that even people who loved the original Lion King and wanted their kids to experience Lion King would probably just show them the original Lion King, because it hasn't aged. No, it's animated. It's drawings. <laughs> it's it's pictures and colours and everything kids <laughs> love. Yeah, and, that's, and there's songs, pictures, colours, and there's dancing shit, like... Everyone's into that. Weird lions that are, like, CGI but real. I don't know if kids are as into that. Like, when did they remake Lion King 1 and a half? What's, which one's Lion King 1 and a half? That's where it's Lion King but from Timon and Pumbaa's perspective. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah, that's a thing. Is it? Look it up, Lion King 1 and a half. I, I, let, me, let me do a quick googs here. I'm going to get you the information that you're looking mm, for, Connor. Right. And so it's from it's from the point of view of they just meet this line. Yeah, let me get you, I'll get you the synopsis here. So the Lion King one and a half has a Wikipedia page, which is great. Oh, for God's sake! Uh, it's the third installment and the final installment. So <laughs> it's it, the end of the trilogy. <laughs> it is. So it serves as an origin story for Timon and Pumbaa, while the film is also set before, during, and after the events of the Lion King. Right, so it's a prequel, cyquel, and then uh, a Sequel. prologue. <laughs> <laughs> and then a prologue, yeah. That's very weird. It's very weird. I think it was a direct-to-video thing, or direct-to-DVD, which you could probably guess, but... Yeah, it's like one of the best direct-to-video things I've ever seen. I think I've seen oh, Lanking One and a Half as well. <laughs> oh no, Sean, I've just come across news that you are not going to like. Oh no. It's only one line, and it says... It is unlikely to draw from the sequel to the 1994 animated feature, The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Disney, why do you <laughs> continually throw away money? 
1.6 billion. You would have made 26.1 billion for this sequel. What? You would have doubled the global, like, profits for the year. Yeah. What's the point in making the sequel? Oh, okay. Now I'm mad because (laughs) here's the thing. Because they identically adapted the first one. Like, the shot for shot, line for line. Do you a line for line in both ways. But do you think um, that... They have the balls to write a whole new film in this format? If they do, how fucking dare they for not doing that the first time? Yeah. You're like, wait, you could have done this the first time, but you didn't. That's the thing. If, f- they're, if they rewrite it, like if they write a new story and it's class, if it's amazing, why yeah. didn't they just do that first? Because that would have taken way too much effort. You got a cash grab first. Work later. I, oh, look, clearly it was successful. No one's countering that, but my God. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that what that shows me is the audacity. If you can do it, why did you not do it for the first one? Yeah, like the fucking neck on you to do that. <laughs> and they're just after ruining your childhood as well. That's a double whammy. Oh, I'm finally going to be able to have my memories of something soured by a remake, which I'm very excited for. Oh, I've been waiting this for this day for years. I just come in, like, wrapped in a blanket, just in tears. <laughs> they ruined it! They ruined my thing! <laughs> um, yeah, so Barry Jenkins, who is an amazing director, has been signed on to do The Lion King 2. If it's an original movie, there's a chance that this could be good. I mm, I mean it's not going to be better than Lion King Two: Simba's Pride. No, um, I I don't want to I don't want to argue this with you, but I mean I, it could be good though. It could be, and it could be Moonlight level good. But it could also be terrible if you don't stick to the format. It's it's going to be really weird. What if they do like a weird fucking film noir Lion King movie? <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of lions and like trench coats and top hats. Ooh, there's an idea. <laughs> Here she to Pumba. This is Pumba's pride. Pumba's pride. <laughs> yes. I'm all. Bo- I'm all on board. I'm all in. Uh, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news now, Sean. It is October, so spooky there's season. a lot of there's a lot of spooky things in the air. Now, one of our favorite Halloween movies is a movie that's probably not very good, but is a Halloween film, and that is Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus is fantastic. So, there's been a lot of rumours over the last few years of what they're going to do in regards to a Hocus Pocus 2. And now Bette Midler has come out and confirmed that they are having talks to do a sequel to the Hocus Pocus film. Interesting. Yes, now, she's in negotiations. Presumably it's not coming out this Halloween. <laughs> I can only assume no if they're only doing negotiations. Right, so look forward to 2022 Halloween when we might see... <laughs> Hocus Pocus 2. Here's the thing. How do they get two in the title? Oh, um, Hocus Pocus. Maybe the S at the end of one of the words? That It, poss- it might be a bit mm. of a stretch, but yeah. 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 Mm. Unless there's like... Uh, okay, so the, imagine the title card, Connor. Okay. And it's, yeah. the camera's looking down into a bubbling cauldron. Oh. And then the letters Hocus Pocus come up. And then bubbles come up in the shape of a two. Oh, yeah. No, you, you have it now. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. one of my classic VFX concepts. 
So, so recently, the rumour mill reported that Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker and Katty Najimi uh, had all begun talks with Disney to reprise their roles as the Sanderson sisters. And speaking with Entertainment Tonight, Midler has now confirmed that these discussions are happening um, at the House of Mouse, weirdly, suggesting that they're in the process of finalising the details. We're just talking ever, logistics. Sorry, did you ever watch the House of Mouse show? Was yeah, that was on Saturday mornings. Yeah, it was class. It was just like yeah. Mickey Mouse ran a nightclub, and all the Disney characters were just fucking hanging out there. And it was just a load of short, like films. Just yeah, like, really, like clips. Yeah, but all the characters were watching the clips as well. Oh, it was good. You felt like you were part good. of the House of Mouse, Sean. I was part of the Mouse House. <laughs> So, um, while it sounds like the deal is still being sorted out, Beth Midler also adds that she's absolutely up for reprising the role. So, they are all very much into it. Can you tell me the year that the Hocus Pocus film came out? No, you know I'm bad with film I know you are, that's why I asked these things. 1994? Oh, close enough, it was 93. Oh, just after Jurassic Park. Yes, um, and so it was an absolute bomb at the box office, but has since developed a very strong cult following just because it gets played all the time every single Halloween. Um, But I think it would be a bad movie to be like, if someone hadn't seen it, be like, oh, you should watch Hocus Pocus if they're like an adult, because I don't think they'll like it. No, I think it's associated with childhood and sweets and dressing up with your friends and all this. Yeah. Now... Uh, do what, what do you what, think? What, what, what do you think of Sarah Jessica Parker not doing Sex in the City three and coming back for this? Well, look, I'll I'll come to terms with that somehow. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. Uh, what What's the second Sex in the City movie that they went to the Middle East? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Odd, odd choice. I would have said they they went to the Middle East. That movie. I've seen that movie shot. I'll tell you now, right? First oh. of all, and nothing happens. There's several plot points that arise and are then sorted within four minutes of each other. Right, so what's mm. what's what's keeping the viewer from just walking out of the cinema then? Well, they like the character, shot. They like the character. I don't know, I haven't seen the first one. I've, I've only seen the second Sex in the City movie. Well, wait till they remake that in live action, Connor. <laughs> then you can have your heart broken. <laughs> so, I, I've only seen the second one. And all I can tell you is... Look, there was a lot of plot points. Some of them went nowhere. Others also went similar areas. So, um, (laughs) you have Sarah Jessica Parker. She's coming back. Katty Najimy's there. She's she's not doing Sister Act 3. She's coming back in for this. So, if you get the three of them back in, do you think people... Do you think a Hocus Pocus 2 movie will make money? Or do you think the cult following is just... A very small minority. I, I think they're not that dedicated of a following, I don't think. <laughs> no. Like, Would you see a Hocus Pocus 2? No, like if it was on Netflix, yeah. But I'm not going I, to the cinema for that. I don't think I would watch it. I don't care enough. I would throw it on at Halloween time, I think. Yeah. yeah but I only suppose. then. <laughs> yeah. No, look, they are doing it. There has to be a fan. There has to be fans there somewhere. They must have done some sort of survey. I said, yeah. yes, we will watch this. Like, I th- this is thrown into the same area as, like, Power Rangers for me, where it's, like, it's very 90s. And they did a Power Rangers is. movie a few years ago. Didn't make a lot of money, because you have people there, but 
they're like, yeah, I liked this when I was 12, but now I'm 32, and so I'm not a big fan of it. Bills to pay. <laughs> yeah. But look, Hogus Pogus 2, fair play to them. Let's see what happens. I think this could be just as bad as the first one, which I think is a bad film. Yeah, but it just it gets a pass because of nostalgia. I would yeah. love if they made like Halloween Town 4 or something. Oh, that's a good shout. A lot of the Disney properties that are like just stuff from your childhood that you don't... I would love to see a Goofy Movie tree. Oh my god. Mm. And he goes to the X Games again, because that was oh, savage go- when that happened. I, I mean, the, that song in the first Goofy movie, that's oh. such a good song. <laughs> it's all so good, it's such a good song. <laughs> Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. Now, last week, we did cover Division getting a trailer. This week, I have news that Nick Fury will be getting his own TV show at Disney Plus with Samuel L. Jackson playing the character as he has done for many of the other movies you probably remember yourself, Sean. So, yes. big, Sam, big Sammy Jackson, he's sick of snakes on a plane. And according to a new report, he is attached to the Nick Fury TV show. Is this just Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Nick Fury involved? Maybe, but I do think that would make it a bit better. I think so, yeah. I don't think you can have Sam Jackson doing, you know, the action scenes and everything like that. But what is cool, there's a thing in comics that Nick Fury is the man on the wall. Which is, for a time, he was basically the only thing... He he would defend Earth. So anything you saw a superhero fight on Earth, Nick Fury wasn't able to stop it. Everything he was like else, the last he, wall for yeah, aliens coming to Earth. Exactly. Everything else, he drove them away. Um, and he does this from like a big command center in space. So you could just set it... Because he is in space at the end of Far From Home. He's with all the scrolls. He so. is indeed, yeah. He's in the big spaceship. Yeah, so you could set it there and it's like he's managing and he's strategizing and things like that. Like he can't, and I'm sure he'll have some action scenes and things like that, but I don't think he's going to be out in the field so much. It is rumored that um, the series will deal with the organization known as S.W.O.R.D., Mm. who would be involved in that because S.W.O.R.D. stands for Sentient World Observation and Response Department. So it's their job to fight back all the aliens that are coming to Earth. Yeah. And so what Nick Fury does is that... And Nick Fury uh, is old in uh, the original Sin run of comics. Um, He's an old, old man, but everyone thinks he's a young man because he has a bunch of life model decoys, which are robots that look exactly like him, but like 30 years ago. So he's just he has a bunch of these just on Earth and around the place, and they all do his bidding. Um, So everyone thinks he's young. And then at one point, they go up to the spaceship, they open the door, and they find like 90-year-old frail Nick Fury there. I don't think Samuel L. Jackson will be doing that, though. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying there's precedent for him to be, like, a behind-the-scenes puppet master. I think that would be mental, that if they did a Nick Fury, maybe as a way to differentiate it from um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you could set it in space, but then does it just become, like, a Monster of the Week thing, where, like, every week he has to fight a different monster that's coming to Earth? Like, that's possible, but, like, you've not seen The Mandalorian, but 
in that show, there's a certain element of Monster of the Week, but it all ties into this overarching story. Mm. You know, so it's, there's nothing to say you can't do that and do it well. Well, he, this will join uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You have One Division, you've got Loki, you've got Hawkeye, She-Hulk, Moon Knight and Miss Mar- Marvel. They're all in development at Disney+, Plus, along with this um, show. Now, that is not to say that they won't bring back Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or maybe even Daredevil, if, they, if it comes to it that they have all these series. But they are throwing a lot at Disney+. Plus. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And to get big actors like Samuel L. Jackson in... That can only be a good thing because it's going to bring people into the into that form of media. Yeah, like it ups the um, the perceived quality of it. I think because it's not just oh here here's some and I don't mean to sound rude to any actor there, but like some B or C list TV actor who's doing this Marvel show. It's like oh no, it's the same stuff as the movies. It's just in a different format. I don't know. Uh, I think that's. I don't think that's. Um, to say like oh a B or C actor I think everyone gets the idea that like if you're watching a movie and Samuel L. Jackson is playing Nick Fury but then they did a Nick Fury TV show and they just cast another person to play Nick Fury I think it's it just seems a bit low rent like it just seems oh well he didn't want to be there so why do I want to watch this if the guy who was playing him didn't even want to be in it yeah now I wouldn't be surprised honestly if like, I think Sam Jackson does enjoy being in the Marvel movies, but I wouldn't be surprised if this series kind of came up with a way to have him still be in-universe, but maybe less active, say. Mm. That he's kind of removed and he doesn't need to be, like, uh, as, um, what's the word? Involved? Involved, maybe, is is it, yeah. And that. I think, and as as we know, like with this, with Samuel Jackson, he has been in the biggest movies of all time. Like I think he has, he's the highest grossing actor ever. Like the movies he's in have grossed the most money. Yeah, so look at it. it's like Star Wars and Marvel. Like yeah, and so like in that, I think it was him and Harrison Ford. They were like fighting it out. So I don't know who's first at the minute. I think it's Samuel L. Jackson after Endgame. Yeah. But I just think. The idea that he would come down, not come down to Disney+, Plus, but he would set up his own show. Maybe they said, we'll give you six episodes. You get in and you get out. After six episodes, you don't have to do another movie for like three years. Because it's all set yeah. up there. Maybe. And like, and that's if he, if he even feels like that, you know. I could be wildly out of line there suggesting that. Yeah, no, but look, this is here for hearsay and rumour, Sean. That's what we're here you- for. Hearsay for hire, we call this show. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think that's a, it's a good idea to bring these characters in. Which of those are you most excited about? You've got Falcon and Winter Soldier, One Division, Loki, Hawkeye, She-Hulk, Moon Knight and Miss Marvel and Nick Fury. Oh, I think it might be Moon Knight. Because Moon Knight still has the, my, one of my favourite comic book panels where he's like, you, Dracula, you big bitch. Are you, are you big fucking nerd? <laughs> Dracula, come, come out, you big fucking nerd. I want my money. <laughs> and if anyone hasn't seen that comic panel, that's an actual panel that appeared. Moon Knight turns up to fight Dracula and he says, come out, you big fucking nerd. It's so good. I hope they translate <laughs> that somehow in the movie or in the show. <laughs> Imagine just yeah, like I think Moon Knight is a character that will get a load of fanfare if you just do him right. Um but I think Falcon and Winter Soldier could also be great. I'm not as interested in Hawkeye and Loki, but I think those characters 
are fide if you want yeah. to do those series. I'm interested to see what they do with Miss Marvel and She-Hulk as well. Yeah, I think those two are like ones to watch. I think they'll be like the Hawkeye one is probably the one I'm least excited for, honestly. Well, I mean, it's Jeremy Renner. It's everyone, everyone's favourite actor, Jeremy Renner. Everyone's favourite app, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> everyone's favourite app as a human, Jeremy Renner. Um, so, yeah, I, what I... Uh, we'll move on, so, from Disney+. Plus Because, as I mentioned earlier on, Justice League was, I said, is going to be one of the most expensive movies ever. But then, Sean, I thought we might do a bit of a fun game. Maybe a bit of a, a quiz, if you will. Because Sorry, we, we have a moratorium on quizzes on this show, Connor. That is true. We, I just, I'm throwing this at you because it's not that big. Mm. But this mm. is what are the top grossing movies of the year so far? <laughs> because we know Justice League, it made a bit of money, but this year has been a bit of a different year. So, Sean, I seen the top ten list and it just made me laugh about what was on the list for top ten films. So, okay. I will give you number one is a Chinese film known as The 800. And that made $425 million. And that is top. Is is that the one where they moved the moon or moved the earth or something like that? They put Um, rockets on the back of the moon. It says it's a Chinese war drama. Oh, right. I'm thinking of a different one. (laughs) I think you're thinking of Interstellar. No, 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 no. It's very similar, but different. No, yeah, no, very similar, very similar. So, Uh, after that, every film on this list, you've got two to ten... You get, we're going to do this so, like, you can give me three wrong answers and you're out. But okay. you get to go, if you could name the, f- the next nine. Fucking hell. In order? No, just give me, a, give me a nine. Invisible Man? Invisible Man is in at eight. He has it. Okay. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog, number three, with $300 million. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> three, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is the third highest grossing movie of the year, so far. Trolls World Tour. <laughs> oh, he's got oh, wrong. He's, no. got, he's got one X. He's got one Kay. X. Okay, let's keep this going. Let's keep this going. Because <laughs> uh, no movies have come out. <laughs> that's true. Tenet? Tenet is number four under Sonic the Hedgehog. I bet Christopher Nolan is livid. And <laughs> He's like, I put so much work. I'm I'm Christopher Nolan. I can't figure it out. Uh, the weird Russell Crowe one? Incorrect. Oh. He's gone wrong twice. Okay. Hang on. Let me have a think here. Okay. Oh, I, like, there's two in my head, but they're both certainly wrong. I mean, you're missing a few obvious ones. Probably, Connor. Probably. You're missing one. I will give you a hint. One we've actually reviewed on the show. Birds of Prey? Thank you very much. That's number six. (laughs) Good, good. Okay, now I'm back in the deep end. (laughs) So, New Mutants? Is incorrect. He's out. Oh, you hate Wait, one more. One more guess. Okay, one more guess. Scoob. No, it's not oh. the decider. So you have number ten is Mulan with sixty four okay. million dollars. Oh, that's not a lot of money for Mulan. <laughs> no. uh, the Call of the Wild is number nine at one hundred and seven oh, yeah. million. A weird fucking dog one. Uh, eight is the Invisible Man, one hundred and thirty yeah. million dollars. You have Onward, which made one hundred and forty five million dollars. Yeah. You have Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, two hundred million, just scrape two hundred million dollars. 
Number five is the worst movie on the list by a very long distance, Doolittle, that made $250 million. <laughs> wow, that's too much. Um, Tenet is number four with uh, $284 million. Sonic the Hedgehog number three, $300 million. But other than the 800 which is a Chinese war drama, the highest grossing film that I would say is probably English language, first of all, Bad Boys for Life, 425 million big ones for the bad boys. Of course, you've said this to me before, that it's made a shit ton of money in comparison to everything else. Shit ton of money compared to everything. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, they are rolling in a lot of dollars this year. And confirmed better than Tenet, is that correct? It's confirmed as it's made more money, and I don't think people can be wrong. Never, not once. I've certainly never been. It's so weird that Bad Boys for Life is our... Well, the 800, say, is the highest grossing movie. Also, there's only a million dollars between the two of them. So, it's 425 million and 424 million. Do you think... You know, for our, like, yearly wrap-up of, like, best things that came out this year... Yeah. Can we just do, like, TV shows and movies as one, maybe? I think you might have to. Like, I think Mandalorian is going to just win a lot of awards. I think so, because otherwise it's going to be literally those ten movies you listed. Worst movie of the year, I think, is going to have to be one of those ten, ironically. And it's going to be Tenet for laughs, right? (laughs) Chris Nolan, you're last. (laughs) Got him. Fucking got him. Make a palindrome out of that, you're fucking last. Like, number one is going to be the Batman trailer. Oh, (laughs) Best movie of the year. That three-minute trailer. Pretty good. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> um, okay, we are finishing off Movie Mondays this week with the big news shot. And that is news involving your favourite character and one of my favourite characters, Spider-Man, as he's more known. That is Spider-Man, and we have news this week that Jamie Foxx has confirmed that he will be returning to Spider-Man 3 in the Marvel Universe as Electro. Yeah, now people are conflicted about this. Very conflicted, because if people don't remember, J.B. Fox, one of the finest actors, a a very nice man, um, he starred as Electro in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, the best Spider-Man movie. We all know that. Um, he, He was blue, and he was a bit weird, and he was one of, I could only assume, 17 villains that appeared in that film. So he kind of came and he went. But now it is confirmed that he's returning in this film. Sean, there's lots of questions. Where would you want to start with this? Yeah, so first of all, I think it's important to point out uh, that, first of all, Jamie Foxx, excellent actor. Mm. Like, just a really good actor. Oscar winner. Oscar winner Jamie Foxx. And so... Mm. He, he recently put out a tweet, or an, an Instagram post, and he was like, I'm not going to be blue in this one. Yes. So I think he's fully aware of every all the baggage that he has going into this project, but I think he thinks he's able to overcome it. I know, I think the, what I find with Jamie Foxx is, what he'll do is, every four years, he'll do a really good movie, and you're like, oh shit, Jamie Foxx is amazing. And for the next three years, he'll just do whatever he wants. Just like shitty movies or whatever. Because he just finds it fun. And then every, every few years he's like, oh yeah, I'm Oscar winner Jamie Foxx. And he puts in like this incredible performance. And everyone's like, Jamie Foxx is back. And then he's like, ah oh, yeah, I'll take a few years off. It'll be fine. Yeah, and I think there's room to do this. I like that they're opening the door to 
hey, we had these cool characters. Let's just use them again. Mm. Um, There's one big question that I wanted to ask you. Go ahead. And that is... I think it's it was the first thing that popped into my head was is this the same Electro from a different universe or is this a new Electro played by the same man? I think if I had to guess new Electro played by the same man I don't think it has anything to do with the previous Electro other than the name. Not a multiverse situation. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think Marvel... I don't think MCU is really doing that quite yet, say. Because they now, are doing it with J. Jonah Jameson. So that they just brought back a different... The same actor to play the same role, but it's a different version. Yes. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think that's like an alternate... I don't think it's the same character from an alternate universe in terms of J. Jonah Jameson. I don't think they'll do the same thing either with Electro. Mm. I don't. I just. I just think Jamie Fox could be a very good Electro if you let him be. They could. They could just do the situation where, he, say, J. Jonah Jameson is always destined to do that, and this Electro is always destined, or Jamie Fox is always destined to become Electro in multiple universes. So it's not the same person. He's just destined to be that character in five hundred universes. Maybe in the five hundred first, he doesn't become Electro. But it's just a scenario where he is Electro in both of these. Yeah, that could, that could be it. Like, in the in if you're looking multiverse style, the same way there's a bunch of Peter Parkers who are all Spider-Man. They always become Spider-Man. Yeah, and I think... I'm, what, what, like, I'm interested enough about Jamie Foxx coming back. I think that's cool news. I, I like it. Mm. Um, I'm wondering what role Electro would play in the current Marvel Universe. In what way? Because I, 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 just something tells me the conflicts that Spider-Man is going up against in uh, in the new movie are based around like identity and being Spider-Man and balancing that life, which I think like a Doc Ock is kind of more of a a villain that that you can bounce off with regards to that. Whereas Electro is just kind of a brawler with electricity in him. Unless they you now whisper it, unless they do multiple villains for the third Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm sorry. To do multiple villains in the third installment of a Spider-Man franchise, and it always goes right. Hmm. I'm not sure. Now, look, if you are doing multiple villains, right? You say okay. Here's what you do. You set it like a year or two after uh, Far From Home, right? Yeah. And you open with a meeting of the Sinister Six. Ah, right. And they're they're trying to kill Peter Parker. Yeah. Because we've already got Vulture and Scorpion. Yeah. Electro's a classic member. Mysterio might come back in some way. I think Mysterio is dead. He's dead, but they have, like, they showed the tech guy downloading his fucking 3D rendering or whatever. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, actually, now that I think of it, if Jamie Foxx is the villain in this movie, and he's the main villain, 
That means the three actors they've gotten are Michael Keaton, Jake Gyllenhaal and Jamie Foxx to act against Tom Holland. And that is a serious trio. Yeah, and he's holding his own against certainly the previous two. Because in Michael Keaton, I'm sure he was only 18. So I don't know how much that... I think you'd learn an awful lot being against those three acting in the same scenes. And they're his three villains. Because the three of them are all incredible actors. And I just think you need a good actor to go against Tom Holland. Because we've said it before, Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man they've probably ever cast. And he's perfect in that role. So you need a villain who's just as believable. And they've knocked it out of the park twice with Keaton and Gyllenhaal. So who better than Jamie Foxx? We know he can kind of play Electro, but let's see what he can do when Kevin Feige has a, has a say in what they want him to look like. Yeah, and don't have him be like a weird, like, lunatic stalker in this one. Yeah, that's like a big fan of Spider-Man. That's a we- Like, I don't think that has anything to do with Electro's origin story. No, Electro's origin story is quite simple in that he was working on an electricity line and got struck by lightning and then said, hey, I'm going to do some crime. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that's, that's a very early comic book origin, but it sometimes works. Sometimes the most basic are the easiest, or they work for a reason. Yeah, and that's why I think he's not maybe the big bad. I think I think we could be getting a Sinister Six situation in some way. <sighs> See, my, my first thought was they are doing Doctor Strange and the multiverse. They could have a scenario where this could set up a whole Spider-Verse event. Maybe. Uh, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Just in terms of, like, you could have... Um, Jamie Foxx, I think, even put out a, a post uh, just that he showed um, Miles Morales and Peter Parker together up against the Electro or whatever. I think he, I think he did a post recently or then he took it back down. And I just right. I just like the idea of, like... You have these characters that you can bring in from a different universe. You could even bring in Andrew Garfield. I don't know. But if there's a multiverse that exists and you bring that in through Doctor Strange, which comes before this, you could have a scenario where you have Spider-Gwen or someone of that ilk that are in this movie. There's like parallel Earths. Look, that's very possible. Um, They teased it a bit in Far From Home, didn't they? Like, a, a tiny bit, yeah, but then it was laughed off because Gyllenhaal was making it up. Yeah, but what if, like, after that, Nick Fury started looking into it or something like that? What if he did a live-action Spider-Verse event film having Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield team up to fight Electro? Throw in a, a live-action Miles Morales... <laughs> throw in a few other Spider-Men and women. Let's just have a full Spider-Man Avengers team. And then, oh, and what if, and bear with me now, what if we cloned Spider-Man? <laughs> ben Riley's there too! Ben Riley, Kane, Spider-Side, all of the lads. <laughs> I think you could go fucking mental with this. I don't think they're going to bring back Tom Maguire. Andrew Garfield still looks the same. You could technically bring him back. Yeah, you could totally bring him back, and I think, I think him and Tom Holland would bounce off each other very well. It would be a cool idea to have Electro like cross the universes. He just like whatever happens in Doctor Strange's movie sets up a scenario where all these random universe like parallel dimensions all pop up around all these other universes. So there's like gateways, and so it just so happens that Electro, the, a gateway opens in front of him, and he walks through it, and somehow he's in a different universe. And he doesn't know what the fuck is going on. 
and he's played by Jamie Foxx as well. And then there's another Spider-Man in this universe and he wants to get rid of him. And you have a bit with Tom Holland talking to Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield's like, this is how I beat him the last time. You need to do this. That's that's for, How did he beat him the last time, out of curiosity? Um, I'm trying to remember the Amazing Spider-Man. Um, oh, I can only remember him fighting uh, Rhino. And then him fighting uh, Green Goblin. <laughs> um, does he? Hmm. I think he just throws him into like a power plant or something. I, does does yeah? Does he overpower him? That's the whole last act, isn't it? And Green Goblin is there weirdly. Yeah, and then he kills Gwen Stacy. Yeah, no, Spider Man. You mean Spider Man killed her? Oh, that's the only man who's ever killed Gwen Stacy. Yeah, <laughs> snaps her neck right in two. Um, what do you think about Jamie Foxx coming back as a whole? Do you think him he he? Do you think he's the start of several villains we'll be getting in this movie? Or is he the big bad? Does Electro even deserve to be a big bad? Uh, I don't think he's a big bad. I think I think they are doing multiple villains, but I hope they'll do them well this time. Sinister Six? Six is a lot more villains than they've ever even tackled before. True. But I would argue that... They do with like a reverse Avengers kind of thing, but they all get just a, like they're all just as much as you need. Like no one ever complains in Endgame that like oh there's too many heroes here I can't follow it. If you write it well enough, you can make six bad guys with a common goal work. And if especially if two of them have already had their own movies, yeah. So you're already familiar there with their motivations. Mm. Because that's normally the hardest part is to introduce these villains and they have to give all three of them an origin story in the same film that's only two hours long. Yeah, so I think, like, you could, I, I do think, and this is me being an absolute fanboy, I do think Marvel could do it. But also, mm. and this is the evidence I always point to whenever anyone says, oh, could that work? It works in comics. Like, yeah. For decades it's been working. Even when comics were dumb, it worked. And comic readers are fucking idiots. And if they can keep up with it, then nobody's reading that going, there's too many villains. Because the thing about about them is, they're all very clearly designed so that you know who they are and what they look like. And everybody has their own motivation and none of them trust each other. Yeah, and their main thing is, let's stop Spider-Man. That's a very clear goal. Especially now that they all know his identity. Yeah, and I'm going to call it now, right? This, if this is a Sinister Six movie, they're going to have Spider-Man cornered. And then uh, Vulture is going to save Spider-Man and sacrifice himself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it's a life for a life. It's a life for a life. And like, wouldn't it be so class to see Vulture in his suit turn on the Sinister Six? Oh, Michael, and Keaton would deliver a great monologue as well. Oh, he would. He really <laughs> would. Um, yeah, so that is that is the end of Movie Mondays this week, Sean. Um, I think big news on the Spider-Man front. I'm very excited to see where that goes. Uh, just in regards to, like, you already have Tom Holland and Zendaya there. Like, that's a very good cast. You add Jamie Foxx in, I'm very excited to see where they go with that. Yeah, me too. And, I like, I'm... It's been a while since we've had this kind of news, and I'm really excited to even talk about it again. I think it's a lot of fun to even just discuss and throw out ideas. Yeah. Um, so do you want to take us out? 
Yes, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We will be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Big thank you, as always, goes out to all of our patrons over on Patreon. Charlotte Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, Sean Jamieson, Dominic, and Josiah Green. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. It's mad, we've gotten so, like a flurry of patrons recently that, that, that list is getting longer it's getting longer I'm, I'm, it's getting harder and harder to say without yeah. sta- stuttering <laughs> i can't wait until there's like too many and you just you're just talking for fucking 10 minutes oh like half the episode is the patron list <laughs> no uh but seriously everyone thank you all so 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 much um uh it's it really helps the show and it's really nice to draw supporting us so big thanks again um yeah. The best way anyone can support the show is by telling one human being that we exist. Just the one. And you can follow us on all the social medias. They're all linked in the description. Or you can email us, heroesforhire underscore at outlook.com. But I think that's about <laughs> it, Connor. <laughs> that was a great delivery. Uh, yeah, I, t- <laughs> I think it is. So I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Me. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.